Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a Photog adventure of your own. It's episode 20. We have reached 20 episodes of the Photog Adventures podcast. <laughs> hey guys, thanks everybody for joining us again. We want to thank those of you who have taken time to go on and rate us on, rate us on iTunes. And we mentioned the contest last week. If you're hearing this podcast, it's the very last day. This is releasing on Monday. By the time Monday at midnight happens in Mountain Time in Utah, I am going to take the names that have done the reviews, anyone who's mm -hmm. reported back to me, and then I'm going to run the randomizer. So we won't be announcing the winner of that yet, but I want to remind you guys, if you're hearing this podcast on Monday the 13th, then today is your last chance. Get out there, rank and review us on iTunes, and get yourself in the running for that Royce Bear ebook of Milky Way Nightscapes. Yeah. We already had six reviews on iTunes, and there were people on there from the very beginning who have been supporting us, and so we wanted to reward them as well. So of those six people, I ran a randomizer, and I came up with DAH77. And that turns out to be one of our administrators. Our administrators in our Photo Photog Adventures listeners group, Daryl Harrington, he won the first ebook of Royce Bear's ebook. So congrats, Daryl. Where's the sound clip for like. Ta -da 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 -da. Oh. It just sounds like a 1970s sitcom. <laughs> yeah, no, not a sitcom. It's a game show, like the crazy 70s game show yeah. intro. It was the crazy 70s game show intro. So, congrats, Daryl. Thank you so much. Thanks for supporting us from the very beginning. I guess that's why you easily made it into our administrators of the Photog Adventures listeners group. Awesome. So, guys, if you have any interest in that ebook, get out there. You're going to have very good odds that you'll run into getting this book. And so, post it by the end of Monday, the end of today. So, today's guest, we are going to introduce you to Rusty Parkhurst. Introduce. They already know Rusty Parkhurst. We hope you already know Rusty Parkhurst. So, <laughs> he works in the environmental consulting industry by day. What does that actually mean, too? What do you do? Yeah, what do you actually do day by day? Okay, well, I, I clean up people's messes. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, what we do is we go out to sites that maybe uh, where there's a, there was a manufacturing facility or maybe an old gas station, something like that, where there's uh, some contamination in the soil or groundwater, and we... We, uh, we try to figure out ways that we can clean that up. Mm. We monitor that. We try to clean it up and do what we can to, to make the environment a little bit more healthy. Wow. Do you do that for your local city or do you have a bigger area that you cover? The company I work for, uh, we have, it's international. Our headquarters is in Missouri and Kansas City. We have offices all over the, the country that we do this work for. Cool. So you're like a giant parent cleaning up messes yeah. <laughs> for companies, because that's how I feel every day. <laughs> I wish you were here last year when they spilled that crap into our rivers down at the uh, Colorado River. Was that where it was? Mm, yeah. Gold-colored, amber-colored stuff all went throughout the rivers nice. there. <laughs> Seems to happen a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, so in the evenings and weekends, you try to keep up with three growing boys and you squeeze in as much time as you can into photography, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, with three boys, it's not easy to do. Yeah. Those boys have grown up really fast and uh, uh, they're not going to be boys much longer. So I'm trying to spend as much time as I can <laughs> with them. Mm. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm really passionate about photography. So I want to spend as much time as I can doing that as well. 
Uh, it's just too bad that this day job gets in the way. <laughs> I hear you. Right. See, I have a young boy. He's only four years old, and I keep imagining this perfect scenario where he wants to camp, hike, or photography, and then I can kind of do both at the same time. Has any of that happened for you with your three boys? Uh, you know, they all have very varied interests, and um, none of them are really into photography. Ah, uh, uh, yet. <laughs> but yet. Not yet, but uh, they are pretty much grown. I've got a, one of them is actually 21. Really? Another one is seven, 17 and 15. So uh, oh, the wow. 21 year old, 21, he's not really a boy anymore. I should shouldn't call him a boy. <laughs> not to his face. Uh, he's he's still <laughs> still my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is he shorter than you? Because you can still say that if he's shorter than you. No, he's taller than me. <laughs> uh, well, right. That's my lifelong dream for my son. So hopefully that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we can find more of his work at his website, which is rustyparkhurst.com. So Rusty has written 22 articles on. Is it on the improved Improvephotography.com. So he's, he's written 22 articles on improvephotography.com. And for instance, one of his articles is from the Grinter's Sunflower Farm. And he's got about 18,000 18, um, reads readers, of that one article. From that. So, yeah. That's awesome. I was writing articles a while ago for the Cougar Blue Nation, BYU football. And my most famous and most followed article got me up to like... 10,000, I think. So it's mm. still less than you, Rusty. And it was the one article that I dared say that the quarterback at Notre Dame, Brady Quinn, was not as good as John Beck. <laughs> I, oh. I got hate reads. I got a thousand <laughs> and thousand and thousand hate reads and then comments. And it was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> nice. So thanks, Rusty, for joining us and hanging out with us on Photog Adventures today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you guys. Well, we're excited to talk to yeah. you, especially about some of the success you've recently had, and we're going to get into that here in a bit. But first, I want to share more Daryl Harrington news, because this is the Daryl Harrington podcast tonight. Daryl, we wanted to talk about your photog adventure that you had out in Hawaii. Oh, man. I'm looking at the picture again. Sorry, this isn't going and translating well in the podcast, but... Uh, it's a great picture. If you guys go to, you know, Daryl, I don't think I asked him, does he have a website where he's hosting this somewhere? Well, it's on the listeners' Facebook post, so they've. It's true. If you want to see why my jaw is dropping and why I'm jealous and drooling, it's because Daryl has an awesome picture on the Photog Adventures listeners' group. Go to Facebook and join us there and look for Daryl's picture because it is fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, to tell his photog adventure. Let me tell it in detail, and then Rusty can chime in, because Rusty actually went to Hawaii recently. <laughs> I'm very jealous <laughs> of that. So here's the shot. He took it from the top of, now tell me, Rusty, if I say this wrong, Haleakala? Hale Haleakala. Ah! Oh. Hal wow. Haleakala. Couldn't have guessed that. Yes. Okay, yes. so he took the shot from the top of Haleakala National Park on the Hawaiian island of Maui is where he went for his 10-year anniversary. He took awesome. his wife, and this is where it gets awesome because it was the middle of August, and yet at night it was 40-degree temperatures. It's like freezing It's like cold. Francis Peak. It is, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he was 10,000 feet above sea level, so I guess it's just no matter where you are in the world, you when go you up high. you go that high, you're going to be cold. Yeah. You're going to freeze. So crazy high above sea level on an island that you know is at sea level and goes as high as 10,000 feet. He went to the top of the Haleakala National Park mountain that I'm not sure exactly which mountain, but his wife came with him the whole time. His wife stayed out with him the whole night as he was capturing astrophotography. That's love. Yeah. yeah. 10 year anniversary <laughs> and a reminder that I love you. I'll do whatever crazy thing you want to do. 
So he was taking this shot of the Milky Way, and those of you in the Northern Hemisphere and maybe around the same latitude as Utah, you're probably familiar with when you see the core of the Milky Way, it's kind of hugging the horizon. It never gets up too high. Mm -hmm. Well, Hawaii is more Southern than us. It has an awesome view of the entire galactic core. I mean, it is fantastic. It's like seeing the front of a princess, uh, what's that? Tiara. Right? Ah, yeah, yeah. It's like a princess tiara, and you can see the whole front of it, and then it fades off to the thin stripes, and you can see all of that detail of the core, and it's a really awesome picture. Daryl says he captured this picture using his 14 millimeter. He had it on f2.8. It was 6400 ISO and 22 seconds long, and yeah, mm. it's looking really, really sharp. All the all the stars are looking great and detailed. Have you been out to the Haleakala area or even Maui when you went to Hawaii, Rusty? Yeah, my, my wife and I were there in Maui in early January. And one morning we went up to the summit of Haleakala. <laughs> uh, we got up there um, maybe a couple of hours before sunrise. Um, and it was cold. It was in the... I believe it was in the upper twenty upper twenties, but the wind was just blowing like crazy, like oh. thirty to forty miles per hour. So ah. that just made it even more brutal. Is it one of those places where you can drive up to the top, or is it hike yeah. only? Yeah, yeah, you can drive all the way to the top. Oh, okay. oh, wow! The only the only thing to note is that uh, there is a limit to the number of cars that they allow on the summit. Oh. So you got to get a, you have to get an early start, or you may drive up there and find that you're not allowed to get in. Oh wow! So I think it was four hundred cars. Um, which, if, if I understand correctly, it usually ex does reach that limit about every day. So we got up there a couple hours before sunrise. Unfortunately, the Milky Way wasn't really in play for us uh, that early in the year. Mm -hmm. But the sky was just crystal clear. I mean, the stars were just sparkling like diamonds, and it was just amazing. <laughs> Did you have the same experience that I've had where you go to a location that's really dark like this? You're looking up and trying to see Orion, and you can't even see Orion because the stars around it are so dense, so thick, it's just camouflaged? Absolutely, yeah. I was looking for anything to, to give me some bearing of which direction I was looking in. Of course, I knew because the sun was going to be coming up soon, but I was just looking for something to give me some indication of the directions, and I just... I couldn't find anything. There's just so many stars. <laughs> hmm. I'm glad I'm not alone in that then. You were out there and you went for the sunrise. Did you capture a good sunrise picture? Yeah. Um, the sun The sun was, there was kind of a low layer of clouds, kind of like what's shown in Daryl's pictures mm. in yeah. his photo. And so the sun would just kind of peek over those clouds and just light up. There'd be like a rim light around the top of those clouds. Oh, it was yeah. just really cool. Oh, that's a... that, that sun just came up and just... Just every the the landscape there is kind of like um, it's all volcanic. Obviously, it just looks like another planet, like Mars. Basically, <laughs> it, it just it illuminates that crater, and you have all these red rocks and just just amazing landscape that's just mm. illuminated by that sun coming up over the horizon. Oh man, I didn't even consider that that your sunrise is going to color the clouds that are there, but on the, on top, the top of them, not yeah. below. That's awesome. Yeah, def definitely worth the trip. If you ever make it there, def you definitely got to try that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I definitely recommend it. I haven't been there myself. Daryl, thanks for letting us share this Photog adventure that you went on in August. Thanks for letting us feature that this week. Yeah. And if any of you are thinking of going to Hawaii and you want to get out there to the island of Maui, go to the Haleakala, Haleakala National Park and check out this view, especially if it's a drive up to the top kind of situation. That's amazing. There's only a few places I know of where you can drive up to 10,000 feet above sea level right. without having to hike. Right. Yeah, very few.
Thank you again, Daryl. Oh, man, everyone, if you're out there and you want to share one of your photog adventures that you've been on recently, we want to feature one every week. We want to keep talking about everyone who gets a chance. We know you're busy. Your lives are busy. Your family lives are busy. And when you get out with that camera, it's an adventure. And we want to hear about it, hear how it went, and see the picture. So thanks a lot, Daryl. Let's go ahead and go into our first break, and then we'll come back and talk to Rusty about his recent success with the Missouri Travel Guide. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back from the break, guys. Uh, we're going to ask some questions uh, from Rusty now and kind of get to know him a little bit better. So, Rusty, just to start out, um, can you give us a little bit of background of like how you got interested in photography? What was kind of the impetus for getting started with your love of taking pictures? Sure, yeah. I got my first DSLR camera back in December of 2011. Okay. Um, and... It's kind of funny. I was listening to your podcast where you interviewed Jeff Harmon a little while back. And yeah, I love it. It's kind of interesting how, how my, the stories of myself and Jeff kind of parallel each other. <laughs> but I got my first DSLR in 2011, December. The reason I wanted to get a better, a good camera was because I have three boys that were just going in every which direction with sporting activities and other events. And I just wanted a good camera that that I could capture those moments and I just wasn't happy with what I had. So, so I thought, you know, I'm going to go out and get this nice camera and I'm going to come back and I'm going to take it out of the box and I'm going to make these masterful images. <laughs> and of course, as you know, that doesn't exactly work out that way. Uh, so, so I came to the realization that I needed to learn how to actually use the camera. Uh, so, uh, so I took the path that probably most of us, probably have taken or are in the process of taking and I still am just watching lots of tutorials and YouTube videos and reading things that other photographers do and looking at other people's work and uh, eventually I discovered podcasts and I was like amazed that there's actually podcasts about photography <laughs> you know, I've got I've got this long commute over an hour each way to work each day and I oh. thought uh, man, that's a what a great way to, to spend that time actually learning while I'm driving. So, so I started listening to every podcast I could find about photography, uh, got interested in the Improved Photography podcast and all their mm -hmm. the network podcasts that they have. And then you guys, I discovered your podcast recently, and I think I've listened to just about every one of them now. <laughs> awesome. Just have, nice. just, have, just have really been enjoying them. Uh, it's kind of right up my alley. I'm kind of more of a landscape, nature uh, photographer and just really like um, astrophotography as well and want to do a little bit more of that this year. So listening to the stories that you guys have about your adventures have just been an inspiration to me and just makes me want to get out and shoot more. So Thank I just you. really appreciate that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, thanks. That's huge. We're looking at a picture now that you have had featured in the Missouri... Yeah, the official... The official travel guide for Missouri, and your photo was featured on... Is this the is cover, correct? Yes, that's okay. right. Oh, that's so awesome. Tell us a little bit about this shot, and tell us some about, you know, just going into maybe some detail about how you captured it, where your location was. We can see that um, this shot is a little bit above the horizon. It looks like it's elevated quite a bit, so were you on a hillside? And, you know, kind of give us some detail about that shot. Sure. I was actually standing in uh, Pin Valley Park is where this, okay. where I was standing to get this shot, which is one of the higher uh, spots in the city, and it just happened to have this great view of the city skyline. Yeah, it does. Really does. You got the the pond, kind of that body of water down below, and mm -hmm. then the streets, and then there's an interstate off to the 
the left side of the image, and then you got the the city skyline there. So it's just kind of everything just lines up from that that vantage point to just give you a really great view of the city. You've got a lot of time dedicated here. It's a blue hour shot. You also did a long exposure with the light trails with the cars, and then you composited everything together, or it was all in one frame. I mean, this is a lot of work and decision. So what made you like all the elements in this specific location, this composition? This is actually just one single frame, oh, one right single on. shot. Fantastic. This was taken when there was obviously a lot of traffic, probably during, during right during rush hour or shortly after rush hour. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to get this, the, the trails from the cars going by on the interstate and on the, the streets below. So I used a longer shutter speed of 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's impressive that this is 30 seconds because I would expect more of a light bloom off of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 30 seconds and I was using an... Uh, Kind of a smaller aperture of f13 okay. to get to get yeah. the the star mm-hmm. uh, starburst on all the lights. And it really should and that f13 really clips down the amount of bloom you're getting from the city lights too, which is great. Yeah, that's the answer right there, huh? Yeah, everything just came together really awesome on this shot. Yeah. Um, typically, I would like to have a little more, it's maybe a few clouds or some little more dra- drama in the sky, but I just <laughs> I kind of like the just the dark blue color mm-hmm. there in the background. I think that's what made it stand out to the tourism board or whoever decided to use this for the travel guide right. because it ge- you've given them a negative space to put their text and copy right perfectly on. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's I guess that's probably a, a good tip if you're out shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think think about how ways that your photos, your images can be used. Uh, whether in a magazine or wherever, and and how how you can compose them so that they can be used in that way. Yeah, because as, as a graphic designer, it makes it really difficult to use this picture if there was a huge like bright sunset. Yeah, I mean, what do you, how do you you know what I mean? How do you White go around text that? Would disappear. Black text right. in some places would disappear. Right. So if it's too busy, you don't really have a lot to work with. As a graphic designer, we're looking for something with that negative space, but you have that amazing, beautiful detail of the city below. It just made it really appeal to the person who was designing this this travel guide to use that picture. Yeah, I would dare say that they might have had two or three in mind, and when they put everything behind what they're planning to do for the cover text, mm-hmm. yours was chosen quickly because it was so balanced. Mm-hmm. And that's you mentioned it as a good tip. I want to emphasize how it is a good tip because sometimes you get to a location, you think, I love this location, but you know what? The sky's boring. It's right. just, it's not singing for me. I mean, I'm getting some cool trails of cars, but that's kind of it. It's just sort of a nice big blue background for the top. Maybe I won't take the picture tonight and I'll come back or I won't process this image and put it out there because, yeah, you know, it's not perfect. Mm. And yet, because you did, it actually was found in a situation where it could work perfectly because there isn't anything busy going on in the sky. So it's, I guess you're trying to tell me don't throw away pictures too fast because they might be useful somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just never know. I mean, just go ahead and take the shot. You can always throw it out later if you if you don't want it or don't like it, but you just never know how how it could be used or how who might discover it sometime down the down the road. So, you know, just go ahead and take the shot even if you might think that it's not exactly the composition or doesn't have all the elements in it that you think that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe something that would work for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing for me. I would love and be flattered if Utah picked up one of my pictures oh, for yeah. a, I mean, inside the book or the magazine right. or the pamphlet, let alone the cover. So I'm curious. How what, did they find it? Yeah. How did, exactly. Okay. So I got to admit, I was pretty surprised <laughs> about this, but uh, this, the story behind this kind of goes back 
a couple of little over a couple of years. Believe it or not, I was on my way to Utah really? to meet up with some, with some friends to do some shooting out there in Monument Valley. Awesome. Uh, this was this was back in October of 2014. Somewhere in the middle of Kansas, I decided to check my email on my phone, and <laughs> I saw an email from someone that I didn't have never talked to this person. I didn't know who this was, but uh, this person was asking asking me. And any any other photographers that she might have been contacting, if we wanted to, or if we were interested in submitting some of our images, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know what to expect, but I went ahead and submitted some images. Since then, I've asked uh, how they discovered me. You know, how they mm -hmm. found out who I was and how they discovered my images, and did I even take pictures of Kansas City? Right. And I, I haven't received any <laughs> feedback on that. Oh. But, but the only place I was submitting my images at that time, I had some images submitted uh, or posted on my Flickr account. Uh, I was posting to Facebook, but those are the only two hmm. places where they would have seen oh, these, man. Um, which is kind of surprising. But um, I keep thinking that Flickr is dead and not to worry about it, but you're the second person I've heard recently who was picked up for a, <laughs> a situation like this for a marketing reason. Because mm. they were looking on Flickr. I mean, maybe marketers don't understand Flickr's dead to photographers. And they just think of Flickr first. And when they search on Google, they find Flickr stuff faster than maybe. they find everywhere maybe. else. Yeah, I was mm. I was kind of in, of the same opinion. And I've actually don't really haven't posted anything to Flickr for quite a while now. But the most interaction I've gotten from a standpoint of people wanting to pay me for my work has actually been off of Flickr. Oh man! Uh, not only mm. not only this, but I've actually had people contacting me. Uh, asking to buy prints really from, from images that I posted to Flickr, four hundred, so, four hundred dollars, <laughs> nothing lower. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's kind of interesting, but but anyway, um, so I posted those those images back in 2014. I didn't hear anything, you know. I didn't didn't think much of it. Uh, uh, just kind of a fluke deal, maybe. Maybe they didn't like my images. I was kind of, hmm. oh. you know, I didn't know. I, I didn't know if my images were any good at that point. They didn't contact you whatsoever. No rejection, just nothing, nothing No, back. nothing at all. Mm. So then, so then in the next, the following year, I got um, an email again from the same person asking for images. And I, I didn't submit anything in 2015. I didn't submit anything again in 2016, not really thinking much of it. Well, I got an email from this same person in September of 2016, they had indicated that they were looking at a couple of my images to possibly use one of them on the cover of this Missouri travel guide. Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they asked me to send them some high resolution uh, files so that they can do some mock-ups and see if, you know, if it was going to work for the cover. Oh, wow. Was so that sure, was, I'm sorry to interrupt, but was that kind of scary to send them the high-res version just in case they decided, well, not to pay you and use it anyway? Yeah, that thought crossed my mind, but I thought, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take the chance. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so, so I went ahead and sent them. I didn't hear anything for through October, through November, nothing. <laughs> it was silent. Mm. Oh, Finally, man. the first part of December, I got an email saying, congratulations, your, your photo is going to be on the cover of the Missouri Travel Guide. And it's like... Oh, right. That's mm. kind of neat. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, I was kind of surprised, kind of taken aback at, uh, at that. All I did was I just asked them to send me a copy of the, the travel guide when it went to print, and which they did that later in December. And 
yeah, it's just been a, really a, an honor and a privilege to have my photo posted on that the cover of that magazine. It's not it's not like it's National Geographic or anything, but, There's but still, millions of people will see it though. Millions. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wow. did they offer you any compensation for it? Yeah, they do have a they have a set pay schedule. Oh, of um, they have you know if you get the cover, obviously you get the higher rate, but if you get uh, you know a, a full a single page or full page ad or or whatever inside the magazine, it's it's all depends on how they use your photo and how large it's printed in the magazine. Okay, gotcha. You don't have to tell me the number, but could you buy another camera with it or just another lens that's uh, lower than, you know? <laughs> I, I, could, I could purchase a, a lower-end lens with that. Okay. 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 That's still pretty I'm, awesome. So I'm nothing not to break retire. the bank, just, yeah, okay. <laughs> It'll be perfect for your first astrophotography lens if you don't already own a Rokinon. Actually, I do. I have the 14. Ah, okay. that's what I need to get next. <laughs> Oh, man, the 14 millimeter. I can't wait. To it is very that. tempting, that lens. Yeah. yeah. I keep looking at it, too. <laughs> well, this is a crazy, awesome success story, and it sounds like the message... I mentioned this in the very first podcast of Entirely, and I haven't really brought it up since, but I worked in the game industry, in the video game industry. I worked with Disney, and we did Disney Infinity, and we were part of the team helping the marketing team in California, and man... Let me tell you, the marketing team does nothing. They're silent. They don't say anything until all of a sudden everything's be done tomorrow. And so I'm not mm. surprised that you took months to hear back from the guy in months. Mm. And so not a shock. Yeah. <laughs> Once a year yeah. sounds about right for a marketing <laughs> firm person and for someone who's, you know, looking back again at those old emails. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. Let me get someone else. I'll email my photographers. So I'm not shocked. And, yeah, I mean, totally jealous of what you did that's really really awesome picture i hope those of you listening to this podcast will go out there he has posted it on your own facebook so go to rusty parkhurst on facebook and check it out you'll see that his picture before and after you can see how they cropped down tight on a few buildings yeah and then featured it right there i mean that's where i would have cropped it down too because it's brilliant balance and fantastic shot they did unfortunately cut out a lot of your light trails all of your light trails yeah that's a bummer. Yeah, I suppose that that probably wasn't really the, the main point that they were trying to get across with <laughs> yeah. the image. They were just trying to show the city. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast, and we'll come back and talk about some more tips and gear time with Rusty Parkhurst. Hey, welcome back, guys. Today in gear time, we are going to talk with Rusty some more. He has got a Syrup Genie Mini. And it's a cool little device. It's great for doing um, little turns and tweaks and stuff with your time lapses and stuff. So, Rusty, we'd like to talk to you more about that little genie you got. Sure, absolutely. As Brendan said, this is the syrup. I guess that's kind of like syrup without the U. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, syrup. S-Y-R-P. Syrup. Um, syrup. This, this is the genie mini. This is the smallest one that they make. Uh, if you can imagine it, it's kind of like an oversized hockey puck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And um, it, it, you mount it on, basically you mount this thing on your tripod and then uh, when you take your ball head off your tripod, you mount the Syrup Genie Mini on the legs of the tripod and then you mm. put the ball head on top of oh, the Syrup okay. of okay. the Genie Mini. Okay. And then, and then you mount your camera on the ball head itself and then there is a, a, a cord That'll be specific for whatever camera you use that goes from your camera to the syrup to the genie mini uh, that allows you to control it. 
And what this does basically is, actually it does several things, but the main thing I've used it for is time-lapse. Mm -hmm. uh, it allows you to program time-lapse shots. Uh, you can uh, set it up to take a certain number of shots with a, a certain interval. But the cool thing about it is that uh, you can also make it so that this, uh, the Genie Mini will actually rotate. Right. So it, it does a really, really slow, it, barely perceivable if you look at it, but it'll take a shot, then it'll, it'll just slowly rotate the whole time that during that time-lapse sequence so that it adds some motion to your time-lapse video whenever you're done. Uh, it just makes for more of a dynamic and more interesting time-lapse, I think, uh, because not only do you have uh, the elements within the time-lapse moving, like whether you're shooting stars or clouds or, or vehicles moving, but the, the camera itself is actually moving uh, so that it, it's actually rotating. So it just kind of makes uh, a much more interesting video, I think. Yeah. There's a free app that comes that you can download for iOS and I think Android as well. I think so, yeah. It shows uh, a Samsung phone on the picture. Okay. The oh, website good. here, so... And, and you can control, you can set it up, program it, and control it with your your smartphone over Bluetooth. Mm. So it's it's I've used it a few times, and it's worked really well for me. Um, the battery life seems to be really good. The device itself seems to be built really well. It kind of has a uh, a black rubberized coating on the outside, mm. and then and then there's kind of like a, on the top and bottom there's a, a cork material where it mounts to the tripod and where it mounts to the ball head to kind of provide a little bit of cushion, give it a more secure um, attachment. But yeah, it's, it's really neat. Um, I really want to get out and do some more uh, stars and astrophotography with it, maybe do some Milky Way time-lapse showing yeah. the, the Milky Way moving across the sky. That would yeah. be pretty cool. Do you think it'll actually track with the Milky Way at its pace where everything around it is moving, but the Milky Way itself is staying in the center of your frame? You know, I don't, I'm not sure how difficult it would be to figure that out. It would probably take a lot of trial and error. Yeah. You should definitely try it, though. So, yeah, I have the full-size Genie, regular Genie. And we want to get out with that and see how that works. And if he tells us that it's tracking with the Milky Way pretty well, as long mm -hmm. as you angle up your camera a little bit, mm -hmm. maybe we should be using that for some of those shots. Well, and we can try that out, too, because it's a similar Yeah. Design. So yeah. when I first saw Syrup, so just to give a little bit of background, the Syrup company is actually based in New Zealand. And so these guys um, developed this product, and they first, I think, did the first Genie product was that full-size box, and it's almost three times bigger than one you've got. It's mm -hmm. pretty big. It's really rugged. It's super <clears> – <throat> it's pretty heavy, yeah. and it can do a lot of stuff. And so they developed the Serp Genie Mini to fill kind of more of a niche market. And then what I noticed when I saw the Serp Mini Genie, Genie Mini that the, you can link two of these together, Right. Yes. So you've got one, and are you tempted to buy another one and to start maybe trying to do these kind of more complicated things with two of them linked together? That, that would be pretty cool. Um, I should also, I should probably mention, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, mm -hmm. I actually contacted Syrup and asked them to send me this no device way. so I can, so I can write a, uh, I wrote an article oh, okay. viewing it on the improved photography website. Fantastic. So they actually sent this to me, uh, is it a temporary, sh is it a temporary one or they give it to uh, you for it's, life? It's a permanent, uh, addition to my camera bag. Oh, <laughs> lucky. 
Oh man, it's too yeah, bad. We don't have eighteen thousand be... listeners that'll give us <laughs> access to Syrup Genie free gifts. Soon, it would soon. be it would it would be kind of cool to to link two of them together so you can get more than one axis of movement though. Yeah. yeah, so it looks here that the average price is about two hundred fifty dollars. So for average people, yes, yeah, so not for people, people like Rusty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for above average, you know, it's, it's a good free. deal. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. So if Rusty wanted to, he could go out and buy another one for two hundred fifty bucks or so, <laughs> and then he can link the two of them together. Oh yeah, you're you're better set up to actually do that because it wouldn't cost you that much. Right. Now I'm trying to picture this, guys. If we wanted to do two axes, you'd have you could one one could pan and the other one could rotate, so you but could what's actually do. Connect- Connecting them together. They, they sent, there's an L bracket. It comes with an L bracket, correct? Oh, they yes. give you okay. an L bracket. Mm-hmm. And okay. Boom. So with the two L brackets together, you can link them and then you can do some really interesting movements. Yeah. You know, panning so and tilting at the same time. Turning right and left and also tilting up T- and yes. down or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be perfect for falling the Milky Way. Oh, yeah. It'd be so fun to try. I have mounted this Genie Mini uh, vertically. What do you mm-hmm. mean uh, vertically? Okay. So. I used a uh, a Platypod Pro. Uh, Have you seen those? Yeah. So I, I I actually screwed that into a tree, the base, the, oh. the small metal, the metal base into the side <laughs> of a tree, mm-hmm. and then I put my ball head on that, and then I put the Genie Mini on the, uh, or actually I, I put the Genie Mini on the base of the Platypod Pro, and then I put the ball head on the Genie Mini, oh. and then I then using an L bracket, I mounted my camera so that it was. Uh, parallel with the ground but the rotation was going up instead of side to side it wasn't anything a spectacular shot or anything i just wanted to try to see how it would work and it really turned out pretty cool so it actually showed movement uh panning from the ground up to the sky so it's kind of kind of neat there's you know there's all kinds of different ways you could use it i guess but yeah, I'm uh, looking at these right now, and I, I always thought time-lapse, of course, and live video, and you want to rotate, but I didn't even think about the benefits of a panorama, because oh, yeah. it tells you specific degrees, like boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And with a smart app, with a smartphone app, you can really do some detailed stuff with it. Yeah, just tell it to go, and it does mm-hmm. all that for you, because some of the thing that takes me the longest is getting set up with my next shot with my ball head. I take my ball head, loosen it, go mm-hmm. over, tighten, shoot. And I don't have to do any of that. You just set it going. It's like boom, 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 entirely on its own. Okay, I want to borrow your, I want to borrow your genie for a panorama <laughs> next time we're out. Oh, get yeah. the full arch because yeah. that would be so much easier. Yeah, it would be. My gearhead makes it pretty easy, but this would make it even easier. Well, I know that the Syrup Genie Mini is on my gear list this year. I'm not going to go to the bigger one this year because I think what I need is enough. But, uh, mm-hmm. man, it would be fantastic. And le- unless, tell me, Rusty, do they have bulb ramping features on this, do they control the camera? Because I know that Brendan's has camera controls on his Volt Syrup Genie. Does yours come with any camera controls where it can change the ISO or change the exposure so it can bulb ramp? No, it does not. It does not do bulb ramping. It's just just a basic time lapse uh, panorama. There's not any actual camera controls okay. that you can program into it. You would have to link it to the full me the, the, full, the full genie. genie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well there that just seals that. I guess okay. it's off my gear list for twenty seventeen. <laughs> Unless I want it for a double You can always use Magic Lantern for your bulb ramping. Okay, yeah, you're right. And the syrup genie for and it'll rotate. So it'll save me a lot of money there using Magic Lantern. Yeah. And that yeah. All right, let's go ahead and jump into tip of the week, Rusty. You had something for us. Yes. I would say uh, one major tip, and this is kind of relating back to uh, my photo being submitted and 
published yeah. on the cover of that magazine. Mm -hmm. It's really important, I think, to get our work out there. We just never know who's looking at your work, you know, so we need to just do what we can to get our, get our work out there, whether we post it on Facebook or some other photo sharing sites. Uh, you just never know who's who's watching. There's so many places where photos, images are needed uh, out there, and someone could be looking and find your image and want to contact you to use it. So just try to get your images out there. And I would and I, I would also say that uh, you want to make sure that you put your best foot forward. You know, post post the best images that you that you have yeah. mm -hmm. and get get them out there and. So that they can get on, get on the get into the eyes and then they, possibly into the hands of someone who might be looking for them. Yeah, so it's not so much quantity. You don't want to like barf your images everywhere, <laughs> right? but you right. do want to put out a lot of images. But they but they should be your best ones, though. You know. Yeah, don't just share it with your friends and family on Instagram, but get them out there on sites that maybe you don't think you'll ever check or check on. But like a Flickr site, that's mm -hmm. where they'll find it on Google. They're not going to find your Instagram post on Google. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one other point, make sure that your photos are discoverable. Uh, make sure that you use keywords or hashtags so that mm -hmm. so that if someone is searching, if someone was searching for this particular image, if it wasn't, you know, keyworded for Kansas City skyline or or downtown or something, that it probably wouldn't have been found. Yeah. Make sure that it's that your images and that you are discoverable out there. Yeah, because it's really easy to post, especially on Flickr, it's really easy to just post something and just leave it, and all it has is just the file name and yeah. no description, no tags. Maybe a title for yeah. the image. Yeah, so title it correctly, do your tags, put if, and that's the thing, is you put your due diligence in, you'll be noticed, you'll, you'll be discoverable. That's the, that's the key, I think. You mentioned keywords. When you did the keywords for this picture of Kansas City, was it just simply saying Kansas City, or were you saying blue, Kansas <laughs> City, night? Skyline. What, yeah, what did yeah. you put? Okay, so the title of the photo is actually Kansas City Skyline. Uh, Perfect. Really, okay. really creative, but, 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 it's, the but it's descriptive. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, go, you want to be descriptive. You want to be specific about what the image is. I could have called it, uh, you know, who knows, blue hour in the city. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. You know, that's not going to tell anybody what, what the picture really is. It's poetic, right. but it's not going to help anyone who's going to try and find it. Right, right. It could be any city in the world. Yeah, so be descriptive in your title. Um, also include some keywords uh, for this particular image. Uh, I just used Kansas City, Skyline, Downtown, nothing, nothing real uh, elaborate or anything, but just some descriptive keywords that, you know, if somebody was searching for the specific image of the Kansas City downtown area or the Skyline, then, then they should be able to find this, this image if they uh, were looking for that. And was your image posted on Flickr or Facebook or where was this picture found? It was on Flickr. So your picture was found on Flickr. If you would have shared the same picture with the same description, the same tags on Instagram, this designer probably wouldn't have found it. It may or may not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, certainly a possibility. Especially um, for a tourism board. I'm not sure how young their people tend to skew. Right, because Instagram is really mobile-based, and unless they're looking for a picture on their mobile phone, most people don't translate, especially designers. They need mm. a high-res photo. They could find someone and say, hey, send me the high-res, but... People are mostly going to just jump on Google. This is what their habit is: jump on Google, do an image search, and you need to. If you want to share your images to be found, you need to share them on platforms that Google can find. So that's a really awesome tip about that recipe: discoverable, get in platforms that people can find, mm -hmm. and then specifically, don't just name it and put it up there. 
actually do some keywords. Yeah, tag it properly. Tag it, tag your image, because when Google is spider crawling these websites and crawling through the different database of images, they're seeing these tags. And when they look up Kansas City Skyline, because it's in the title, as well as in the tags, mm-hmm. it's gonna pop up there and rank higher in the Google search when they're trying to give those people, the people searching for that term, that what they're looking for? Well, here are the images that fit that description. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. That's awesome tip of the week to help people try and get out there and get their state, their country, their anyone around marketing firms, magazines to notice their work. That's awesome, Rusty. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. I find myself terribly jealous that you got in there. It was an awesome <laughs> success to get the Kansas, uh, the Missouri, the Missouri tourism board to find this i really hope someday that i can get there too and share that success i can't wait to be like hey rusty check this out someone picked me up someone picked up my work i can't wait (laughs) i look forward to seeing that (laughs) (laughs) me too Eh, 12 months give or take 12 months right no it'll be a few more years we'll see really appreciate you joining us tonight and hanging out with us on the podcast and sharing with us your tips and information and we hope that other people out there can aspire to get their pictures seen and found and hopefully share their success stories yeah so thanks everybody for listening to the podcast and daryl congrats again on winning royce bear's ebook those of you interested right now if you're listening on monday the 13th get out there and go to itunes and rate us and review send in the proof to us by their by email of info at photog adventures.com or send it to us on the Facebook listener group of our Photog Adventures listeners group. So let us see that you've done it. We'll include you in the random drawing for it and we'll send another winner a copy of the ebook. And I want to say another great thanks, Rusty, for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a great opportunity. I appreciate having me on. Absolutely. I think I might even be tempted to release this podcast on Friday before Improved Photographer releases their next podcast where you'll also be a guest so that we can beat them to the punch. (laughs) If you want to hear Rusty Parkhurst, come here. Come here now. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. (laughs) So thanks, everybody, for listening as always. We hope you have a great week. See you next Monday. See you guys.